Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Now, second scripture lesson from the Gospel of John. John chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. About four years ago, we moved here from Columbia, Tennessee. And as we moved into our new house, the first order of business was building a fence in the backyard for our two dogs, Lucy and Junebug. I worked on this project with the help of a couple new uh, Marietta friends, Clem Doyle and Paul Phillips, who volunteered to help me. I remember uh, Clem and me eyeballing the fence slats, uh, which, which uh, Paul didn't really like, but we were eyeballing them. Paul wanted to use a level and a string, and <laughs> suppose that he, he proved the point that uh, oftentimes engineers are much better at building fences than, than preachers and attorneys. <laughs> and to this day, four years later, it's still a very good-looking fence in our backyard, and I can't put into words how much it meant to me that these two guys would come and help. However, they couldn't help me with every aspect building that fence. Even with their help, there were a couple things that I had to do on my own. For example, no one else could choose from me where the gates would go. I am the gate, Jesus said. If you have a fence in your backyard, think about that fence for just a moment. Where did you put your gates and what does your gate mean you, where are your gates and what are they there for? Who goes through them and why? In our backyard, one gate opens into the yard of our next door neighbor. The day we moved in, we were greeted by them. Their names are Dan and Leanne. And I, I remember how unneighborly it felt to me to immediately build a fence between us and them so soon after they greeted us. We didn't mean to fence them out. We just wanted to, to fence our dogs in. So I put a gate there from our yard into theirs. We built a fence at the gate, and on their side, now our 
stones lined up to make a path. They build up a flower bed on either side of the path that leads into our gate and into our yard. We built the gate and they built the path. Today, it's like an invitation to go from one yard into the other. I am the gate, Jesus said. What we know is that he is like an invitation from God to be in relationship with him. No one fence, no one is fenced out from God if Jesus is the gate. He is the gate, which means that, that we are not. Have you ever thought about that? Now I think it's good to be in charge of the gates around our yards. It's not good for a family not to have any boundaries or limits. If we didn't have a fence around our yard, our dogs might be eating out of the neighbor's garbage and our children might be doing the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> it's very important to have fences. Reverend Joe Bryce will remind us from time to time that we humans need boundaries around ourselves the same way that a cell needs a cell wall. Without a cell wall, the cell has no identity. The same is true of us. Without some limits, we become blobs of availability, victims to circumstances around us. So we must have limits, boundaries, and, and fences. Right across the street from our house is a house that used to have a swimming pool in the back. When the flag was up by the swimming pool, that meant that anyone who wanted to come and swim could. But when the, when the flag was down, that meant that the gate was closed. The family needed some time for, for just themselves. That makes sense. And we must all de decide on the gates around our homes while recognizing who is the gate into the kingdom of heaven. You know anyone who isn't quite clear on that distinction? Do you know anyone who thinks that they get to decide who is in and who is out? There's an old story that goes like this. Uh, a Presbyterian died. He was welcomed into heaven by St. Peter right through the pearly gates and he, he met an Episcopalian and then he went to to college with right away. The Presbyterian was really excited to see his old friend, but the Episcopalian told him to keep his voice down. And why do I need to be so quiet in heaven? The Presbyterian asked the Episcopalian. And the Episcopalian answered, it's because the Baptists are, are right over that hill and they think that they're the only ones who made it up here. And we don't want to, to spoil it for them. You can make that joke about Baptists or whoever you want. It's true in one sense or another for all of us. We get tied up in these debates over who is in and who is out as though the kingdom of heaven were a bigger version of our own backyards. It's not. I'm the gay, he said. And we could all stand to learn a thing or two from him when it comes to the gates around our homes and our lives. Have you ever been left outside a gate? Years ago, this church supported me as a missionary intern to Argentina. There I lived with several 
Argentinian college students who were nice enough to befriend me and help me make my way around the, the city of La Plata. One Saturday night, they thought that it would be a good idea that it would be fun to take me out to a dance club. It was the only time that I stood outside of a club hoping to be let in by a bouncer. My friends encouraged me to speak English really loudly so that the bouncer would notice that I was American. Because being an American will get you into all kinds of places, but apparently not this particular Argentinian dance club because we never got in. I am the gate, Jesus said. And the question we must ask ourselves as he makes this declaration is who did he leave out? Who does he fail to invite in? And one parable, he speaks of this great banquet hosted by a bridegroom who invited the wealthy, the upright, the, the well-born guests to a party, but they chose not to show up. The bridegroom then went out into the street and invited society's outcasts, the castaways, the poor, the homeless, the rejected, the ones that we are, are slow to invite into our own homes. I am the gate, he said. And we must consider what kind of a gate this Savior is. We all need to think about who he invites in and who has been kind enough to invite us in. I am the gate, he said. And I'm prone to believe that what he means here is something like what author and journalist Kelly Corrigan meant in her graduation speech just a couple weeks ago at the Walker School. She told the graduates to remember that, that more than wealth, more than influence, or more than career accomplishment, the true source of human happiness comes from meaningful relationships. I am the gate, Jesus said. That simple statement, he reminds us that there is something sacred about walking into our neighbor's backyard. But there is something miraculous that happens to children when they know that they are safe to run from one house to another in their neighborhood. That something special happens when we fire up the charcoal grill on our back deck. The smoke doesn't respect our fences. Our neighbors wonder what smells so good and it makes us happier to share of our abundance than to eat it all ourselves. Years ago, I cut grass for a living. And I cut grass for a company who never wanted to pay us overtime. So on Fridays, we'd often get sent home early, having already worked our 40 hours. That meant that sometimes the men I worked with would invite me over to their apartment for lunch. These guys were from Mexico. The six or seven of them, they all lived in a one-bedroom apartment to save money so that there would be more for them to send back home to their families. After going to the liquor store to cash their checks, we'd have lunch, most often tacos cooked by whoever was in charge of the meal for the day. Only once did I ever invite these guys over to our one-room apartment that just Sarah and I shared. I cooked something that day, and I offered them a beer, a beer which I had made 
myself because I was into home brewing back then. I thought that this homemade beer was a really special thing for me to share. Only, only after the meal, one of the guys said to me that the special thing was that this was the first time he'd ever been invited inside a white person's home. I am the gate, Jesus said. What he means by this is not exactly clear, but I believe it is clear enough to point us towards thinking about large and small ways that our lives might change if we spent more time thinking about who we let into our homes and our lives. And I think that's important because just when I think for a minute about, about those moments where I felt the genuine hospitality of a stranger who would soon become a friend, I knew that I was in the presence of the divine. I am the gate, he said. But too often we go looking for God on pilgrimages to the promised land. Too often we think that we'll find God if we climb to the highest mountain or, or spend all day fasting and praying. So let me remind you of what Jesus said. I am always present with you in the breaking of the bread. And if you want to, to glimpse, if you want to glimpse Jesus in your own life this week, just think for a moment about the places in your life where there is a fence now, but there could be a gate. Once again, you've been given a ribbon. This is the third Sunday in a row where your pastors are asking you to do something a little bit different. Each Sunday this summer, we'll be asking you to write something on a different color ribbon and to tie those ribbons on a chicken wire structure just outside of the church. Today, your ribbon is, is gray or silver, whatever you call this color, so that you think about a gate. And today, what I would love for you to write down on your ribbon is the name of the person you prayed that God would allow to come in. On this Father's Day, I've been thinking a lot about a guy named John. Now, John's not my father. My father's name is George. But were it not for my father, John, uh, there would be a fence between John and me. But instead, there is a gate. What happened is that John and I were playing baseball in Laurel Park when we were just eight or nine years old. He was playing catcher without a face mask. I was batting without knowing how to lay my bat down after I hit the ball. The pitcher threw the ball. I swung the bat right back at John's two front teeth. I didn't have time to get out of an apology. I just remember all the blood of John's that was in the grass and all the shame I felt in the pit of my stomach. But Dad Dad was sure that John would not hate me forever. We didn't need to, to move to another city, and I could play baseball again if I wanted to. Dad was sure that there could still be a gate between the two of us if I could just eat out those two magical words, I'm sorry. 
had his prodding and did it and miraculously where there was offense or where I feared there would always be offense, it became engaged. Where do you long for engaged? With whom do you long for a gate? Write their name down on your ribbon. And as the wind blows through our ribbons in the coming weeks, our prayers will be lifted to the one who said, I am. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.